0: our conversation within this hour today is going to focus on political killings and why we see them continue in different parts of the country of course you know, quite uh, centralized in, 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 in KZN as a province. It uh, pre- has a predominantly higher rate of killings than other provinces. And speaking about KZN, you would have heard in the news as well uh, two people being taken in for questioning in connection with the murder of Sia Bongam Kise, the ANC's ward 101 candidate. In the Etekwini municipality, Mkize and another ANC member, Mzuki Sinyanga, were killed in a hail of bullets at Kato Crest in Durban on Friday evening. Now, two others survived that attack. The four have just concluded a door to door campaign when they were attacked while seated in their baki. Njawulum Dungwa Magamu has mourned that story.
1: Police Minister Peggy Tele says the murders of the ANC's 101 candidate Sabongam Kize and fellow ANC member Mzugi Sinyanga are being investigated by the special provincial task team on political killings. The two died in a hail of bullets in Kato Crest in Durban on Friday. Visiting the families of the two men, Tele has told them that the task team has taken in two people for questioning. Community members believe that Mkize was the main target because he was a very popular candidate. Addressing the media, Tele has said they are confident that they will make a breakthrough in the case.
2: We have taken this case. Handed over to the special team that works in this province that is dealing with political killings. As I'm coming here, they have given me the report that they have picked up two people of interest that they are questioning. Uh, they are known to them. They are known to us. Unfortunately, we can't give names at the present moment. Uh, believe that at least one of them is very close to pe- to the people that we think we want. So there is a little bit of a progress. We hope. That by the time the families go for funeral, we would be able to give the concrete information.
1: Earlier, the leadership of the SACP also visited the families. SACP General Secretary Dr. Blade Nzimande said it is unacceptable that political killings are still continuing in Kwazulu Natal despite interventions like the Moirane Commission. The Commission's aim was to make recommendations to end such violence. Zimande says what is more disappointing is that there seems to be no arrests in the majority of these political killings.
2: We're coming from the Mkiza family to pay our respects as the SACP, to express our condolences to the family. It's completely unacceptable what is going on. We are concerned as the SACP, you know, that these political killings, there seem to be no arrests there seem to be no end to them you know and it is very important that we go to the bottom of this we have had the run commission nothing has actually come out of that
1: meanwhile nzimande said they also strongly believe that mkize was murdered by someone within the party so as
2: the sacp we are really going to be standing up calling for the perpetrators to be arrested but over and above that, that. As the alliance, we need to work together to nip this in the bud. It's very clear that this is an internal job. Somebody did not want Kizer to be the the councillor of the ANC in Cattlecrest. So it is very important that we stand up and act. Otherwise, failure to do so, it's going to take us back into a KZN. Where you are risking your lives if you want to work to serve the people.
1: Mkise and Nyanga will be buried next weekend. Police say they will continue to monitor the tense situation at Cato Crest. I'm Nonjabulum Dungamakamu in Durban.
2: The Talking Point with Kathy Mo Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday.
0: We continue the conversation on The Talking Point today. This morning we are looking at the issue of political killings, specifically in this hour. And as we speak, I'm seeing now on SABC News Online uh, that another ward councillor candidate has been killed in KZN. That seems to be uh, the breaking news that SABC Online and SABC TV are running at this hour. Let me welcome Professor Mary Haas, who is a Violence and Research Fellow at UKZN. Uh, Professor De Haas, good morning to you. Thank you for your time. Uh,
3: good morning, Cathy, and all your listeners.
0: And, and colleagues who are <laughs> part of the show. No problem. Thank you, Prof. Anna Moyo is the Acting Executive Director at the Centre for the Study of Violence I'm and Anna. Reconciliation. <laughs> Anna, good morning to you.
4: Good morning, Cathy. Good morning to all your listeners. It's and to
0: be here. sure. And Professor Lisiba Defo is a political analyst based at UNISA. Professor Defo, good morning to you.
5: Uh, greetings, Kathy, and the listeners.
0: Thank you all for making time for this important conversation and we're seeing yet again this morning why it is such a timely and important conversation to have. We're two weeks before the elections, Professor Dahas and we're seeing the increasing reports of Candidates, can you know, councillor candidates, whether it's in KZN, whether it's the situation that is unfolding in Swanui, we've heard and we've been told about some councillors having to flee their homes as a result of this violence. What do you think is, is going on? And at this point, are you seeing any, any patterns, uh, particularly in terms of areas that can be considered hotspots for, for this violence? look, uh there's been certain
3: intimidation of councillor candidates and uh, supporters in different parts of the province. It's very difficult to predict where the next hits will come. We know that one of the hot areas is, for example, um a copal in Peter where the local councillor is is still standing despite having being part of a, a criminal on trial at the moment, and there's an independent candidate there. And the independent candidate was stabbed at a meeting, but fortunately survived. So it's it's difficult to predict where it will happen next. But there are quite a few tensions in Itekwini where this, this attack in Keta Christ happened, because um, in the last elections, the whole Itekwini was... Um, he wanted to be a councillor, you got in on the prosumer ticket. Now some of those councillors are not standing there's a lot of dissension among um, people who've been excluded about why they've been excluded as standing um, so there's tensions around that and remember that if, if councillors, if candidates are killed now, it's a way of getting the whole nomination process going again with a by-election, presumably for a council. So, so in a lot of areas, um, but t- particularly, I think, in areas which have been the stronghold of a factionized ANC, I mean, the head of the councillors in Durban, the mayor, Zandili Guvnerdi, has been suspended, but there's a lot of dissension, the same in in Umsendusi, Peter Maritzburg, which again, was a stronghold of a particular faction of the ANC. So those are the obvious areas to look at, but not the only ones.
0: Mm. Professor De Haas, you talk about the, the issue of the actual lists and what those look like right now, particularly in the ANC, as being a driving factor behind this violence. Does it mean that the contestation that we have seen about these lists, some of which have reached tule House, are now being solved through this violence. So, effectively you have those wards then, where those who perhaps are opposed to the structure, not wanting to wait for the party to go through this process of review that it said would be in place after the elections have taken place.
3: Look, that's quite feasible. Um, it's it's, it's still to say with certainty, obviously, but it is certainly a factor that could provoke this, prov- uh, provokes this, because this a lot of. I mean, before the before the ninety, the two thousand and sixteen elections, most of the killings were linked to these factions uh, within the ANC and who got in and who didn't. So you may be seeing the same tactics. Now, because of the dissatisfaction over over the whole um, the candidate selection process, um, it's it's possible. You know, it's but but people just resort to this violence to solve their problems. It's a way of life in this province, and they do that because hardly anyone is convicted. And there's a big problem which we can talk about mm. with this political killings task team.
0: Professor Tefo, let me bring you into the conversation here. The kind of violence that we are seeing, uh, Professor De Haas spoke about uh, an independent candidate that had been stabbed, uh, thankfully surviving that attack. The the violence that we are seeing is it just limited to inter party violence? Or are we beginning to see some intra-party violence, so where you have warring sides of different political parties, then staging some
5: of these attacks? Uh, uh, thanks, uh, Kathy. Always a pleasure to listen to an accomplished researcher. In the name of Mary Behar, <laughs> um, look, for me, nothing surprises. There is nothing surprising about where we are right now. Mm. It had to come to this. It was and it is inevitable unless dealt with decisively the West is still to come. One, if you live in a society where politics pays more than industry, when you live in a society where ethical principles, values and morals are, are not upheld, Mm -hmm. When you live in a society where there are no standards for any office, anybody can end up as head of state, a councillor, a vice chancellor, and a, 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 a principal. Surely there is no way that society cannot be doomed. It's far too easy and cheap today to say political killings. It has been going on for some time, by the way. I hear Blading Zimande says it must stop. Why doesn't it stop the Moarani the Mourani Commission? He is a very influential figure in the Tripartite Alliance. What did he do since the release of the iran Commission, and why now? Right now, let's go to another level as based on your question. Is it inter-party or intra-party? Many would say it's intra-party. It is in the main within the ruling party. Yes, I I hear Mandash say, it's a broad church. The windows are quite open and even Mm -hmm. the insects come in. But for far too long they realized that wrong people were coming in, they should have stopped that. Only last week, I heard um, Mbalula say, or a minister Mbalula say, um, there are thugs, there is poco haram, we must stop this. And I say, but when did you realize that? And what did you do? Mm. Perhaps some of these people at one stage were conveniently brought on board, but their are by, Day is gone, now you want to get rid of it, and it becomes problematic. We have to find a way as a society, to deal with what we are, we, are, we, are, we are facing now before it gets worse. It's about morals. It's about principles. It's about mm. standards. If you want to be a politician, yes. All right. Be a career politician. You want to be an academic? Be an academic. But if everything goes, surely the worst is still comes.
0: Professor Tefo, we're going to continue the conversation in a moment. And when we continue, we'll hear from Anna Moyo, who is the acting executive director at the study at the center rather for the study of violence and reconciliation. We'll find out about the research that they've been doing. What does it tell us about the state of violence, particularly politically linked violence? Luanda Maume has your ten thirteen news headlines. <laughs>
2: The Talking Point with Kathy Sasana. weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday.
0: We continue the conversation on the talking point, and we're looking at the uh, political killings that we have seen uh, in different parts of the country, particularly in Gauteng and in KZN. Professor Mary De Haas, part of our conversation, as long as Professor Li- Lisiba Teofo. Anna Moyo is with the Center for the Study of Violence and Reconciliation. Anna, let's talk about the work that you as the Center do looking into violence, particularly um, politically associated, politically motivated violence? And what are some of the things that you are seeing, whether it's based on previous trends or even during the cycle of elections? Thank you, Kathy.
4: Um, the work that we do at the Center for the Study of Violence and Reconciliation really sees uh, the manifestations of different types of, of violence. Whether we call them political violence, uh, this will be the violence that erupts usually when we are approaching election time. Uh, and what is happening now in 2021 is not new. It has been happening over the years, such that to ensure that actually there are now some hotspots when it comes to political killings in South Africa. Uh, KZN being one of the, 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 the provinces where uh, there are a large number of political killings in South Africa at any given time. Uh, from 2013 coming to the current um, election time or electioneering, we have seen, for instance, consistently that came with was one of the hotspots. But what our our studies have revealed, or our research has, has revealed, is that violence in South Africa, or what is happening during election time, the political killings are really a microcosm of a much deeper problem of mm-hmm. change violence in South Africa, where violence, uh, especially during uh, 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 election time, has become more of a regularised way of deciding leadership uh, and also accessing at a local level, local government level, accessing, uh, for instance, um, uh, 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 wealth, accessing bread and butter issues, accessing power opportunity uh, and resources so forth through being uh, at the helm of the local government as a ward councillor or um, a mayor, uh, whatever position that will be coming up. So we have seen a lot of violence around this area because it's not just about um, only being uh, elected by the people, but it's really about also access, the way corruption has been entrained, the way it's now um, embedded into the culture of local government. So when people are electioneering uh, or when people are being selected, for instance, to become... Um, a member, or rather the person that will represent in local government, this really speaks now to issues of access to resources, access to opportunities, access to power. So this this matter has now become a life and death um, issue uh, on who really gets to be elected, who gets to be nominated, and who gets to be the fielded candidate mm-hmm. uh, for, 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 for local government uh, elections at any given time. So we are seeing a lot of a lot of violence around this area because it's no longer just about representing the people. It's no longer about being elected by the people, but it's now actually about access. It's about eating. It's about joining the gravy train uh, of eating, looting, mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, corruption, access to tenders, and so forth. So this is what is part of the problem. So we are really dealing with a manifestation of a much larger problem in South Africa, of use of violence as a way of solving issues, as a way of also eliminating any threat. So we see that we haven't really broken um, away from the violent past of South Africa during apartheid. For instance, where some of these issues we saw political killings, or some of the politicians, for instance, killing under different circumstances now within democracy we are continuing with that kind of practice in a democratic society but now the the, the motivation are uh, and the reasons the justifications for doing this are different mm. uh,
0: Professor de Huss, you know Anna talks about something very important which is around culture and she says that there is a culture that has that has been embedded. When it comes to political contestation, where you eliminate the competition, you don't solve whatever issues that might be there. But also, this is, this is a democracy. Anybody should be allowed to run for whatever position that they may want. What does it say? The fact that this culture has been allowed to prevail. And as Professor Defoe was saying, nobody has actually done anything about rooting it out. No,
3: absolutely. I mean, I couldn't agree more with both of my colleagues. As like I said, it's it's, it's, it's a man of, it, you know, the political aspect is just part of the broader problem of using violence to solve any problems. And, and the whole question of, of morals, my colleague, Professor Zulu, pu- um, published a book a few years ago called A Nation of Crisis, which is about the complete uh, degeneration of the morals of society that, mm. uh, that sees killing as an option uh, to deal with a problem. I mean, we we there's a there's a problem with this in that we don't have democracy and the violence impedes democracy. I mean, ironically, I was just telling someone this on Friday before people were killed in Cataract and using the Cataract example be, about how easy it is people are scared in Cato Crest because there's a housing mafia linked to the councillor they don't want to talk about the guns the gunshots come from that area all the time. Now you can't have democracy, that's where this councillor was killed Mm. on Friday, The candidate I mean violence prevents democracy from taking root because people are too scared to actually participate in the democratic process not just as a, as a councillor candidate, but also the people who should be kind of speaking openly about who they want to vote for. They're just mm. scared to do that. There's no real democracy. We have not planted a democratic culture in South Africa in terms of which politicians are accountable to people. <clears throat> They're not. And the violence impedes the process of empowering people to demand answers—that's that's part of the problem. And as I said, a key in this political continuation—and I just want to pick up on what Mr. said before the SACP on behalf of the SACP—the crux of the problem is the failure to bring these people who kill people to book. And I'm pointing fingers directly now at the political interministerial task team which has done more less to bring people to book than the ordinary detectives who were investigating cases before they took over.
0: Mm. The, 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 the fear that communities have of then fully participating in elections because they are aware of the fact that they're endangering their lives and of course if you have your neighbour that has been shot, that fear becomes a lot more palpable. Is there an acknowledgement of that at least from political parties and the ways in which they then do their work particularly in the areas where these killings have taken place so is they just a tiptoeing around the issue pretending yes maybe slightly acknowledging that it's there but not really uh, wanting it to translate into anything more than that well, they, they they talk about doing things, but they don't actually do
3: things. Uh, I mean, you know, these, what what happens? It happened before the two thousand and sixteen elections. It happened at a meeting, this meeting in Sandusky and Kirtsville, at which the uh, the preferred candidate was stabbed and is now standing as an independent. The politicians don't go in there and actually do inquiries open cases themselves. Mm. They don't get involved. You know, somebody goes into as happened um, oh, several weeks back in a ward meeting at another township in Durban, someone goes in and points guns at people at a meeting about who was to be candidate. Now I haven't seen a single leader going in and and and, and actually saying we're gonna open the case, this is unacceptable. They do a lot of talking but they don't I mean It's it's a question of the councillors get elected. They don't interact for the most part. There's no feedback to community members. They dispense patronage to their supporters. They stockpile food parcels as they did during COVID. They give houses to people who are their supporters, not people who've been waiting for 20 years. So that's what I mean. There's no democracy and the leadership does nothing about
0: it. I'll take your calls on this specific conversation we're having this morning. You can dial us on 011-714-2006. That's the number to use to get in touch with us today. 011-714-2006. On the WhatsApp line, you can send those messages to 0614-104-107. Professor Teffel, why is it? And, and you know, I, I don't expect you to be in the heads of politicians, but you're reading of why it is that political party leaders do not get involved in what is driving the the violence in some of these areas. So you can just take a look at Etakwini, the ongoing violence there over a series of years, over a series of election cycles. And yet we know that, you know, the ANC prioritizes uh, KZN when it comes to the votes that come out of there. Does it mean that they're not getting involved? Is they not wanting to jeopardize the balance of forces, the balance of power, and ultimately, the kind of votes that they will see coming out of there? Even if it means, even if it means, not paying attention to the cost of what those votes ultimately
5: might be. Yeah, you know, politicians are are, are interesting creatures. They know the truth but they skirt around it. They never want to to deal with it to, to the extent that it can impact their electoral performance. So indeed politics about numbers, it's about numbers, it's about power. But for me for me, I would say you and I and all of us know exactly what needs to be done to get things right before it is too too late. Right, like, just appoint people on merit, right? Appoint people on merit. And to get there, just change the electoral act. Because once you do that, a son of a sharecropper, a water drawer, be it in Makatiello, Malamulele, or Nyanga, will raise her hand or his hand. And the local people will elect that person. There will be no killing there will be no contestation because you are an academic or you are a muruti you will be called from the pulpit by your own to say go and represent us please change the electoral acts before it is too late in a meaningful way not what mm-hmm. i see happening right now but professor Defl- then,
0: yeah
5: yeah yes ma'am y- yeah. you know
0: you say that you say that if if, if if we change the electoral act, open up the space a lot more just for ordinary people to be able to stand and represent their constituencies, then that will be easier. But part of the violence at a local level is precisely over those resources and how they are distributed within those communities. So what happens? Because the thing is, the the agendas of those who want to hang on to the levers of power, by any means possible, those will not change. So a situation like that, do you see it ultimately having an impact on the issue of of (laughs) violence?
5: South Africa is no exception. In the early 1990s, we pretended that we would be exceptions. I was part of the debate. We thought we were unique. We never wanted to believe that South Africa, it could be as rotten as it is, that sewer mm. is spilling all over. You can't even walk on the pavement of, of, of Swahony. We are no exceptions. Mm. The winning nations of the world use the recipe or the formula I'm talking about. Let the people elect their own on the ground, and you are accountable to our own. Because remember, when you are constituency-based. It is the constituency that sends you to Parliament equally. It is a constituency that can recall you at any time. So you are not accountable to the party bosses. There would be no gangsters. It is working across the globe. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't it work in South Africa? Right now, the road that there is is because accountability is due to the political hacks, even if the party is rotten. But because it is a behemoth out of which I can benefit, I would rather write right on it than to denounce or renounce it.
0: Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll go to Anna moyo in a moment, but I want us to speak to uh, Nungulego Slope. She's our SABC journalist that is watching the story. I, I told you earlier about uh, the breaking news that had come in about yet another councillor that had been killed in KwaZulu, Natal, and it's a ward councillor. We understand uh, an EFF councillor. Nungulego, good morning to you. Good morning, Katie. Um, you know, a
4: point of correction it's ward candidate councillor. Okay, okay, thank you for that. Sure, th- yes. thank
0: you, thank you for that correction. The call has been placed on hold. Please wait. Yes. Yes, you can tell us more about what has happened.
4: Um, we just received uh, the news that last night uh, the
5: EFF ward candidate for uh, ward uh, twenty of in municipality outside Peter respect
4: to the EFF uh, Ujibu secretary, David Insom, who confirmed the news and said that um, the party right now is on the way and, uh, you know, going to Tulani, as uh, uh, Shanga says, uh, home to gather more details around this. We are also enrolled.
0: All right, all right. Nunkuleko, we'll leave it there. So you heard there uh, a councillor candidate for a ward in the Umsunduzi uh, municipality. That's been in the news uh, for several reasons over the last two years, really. And an EFF uh, councillor candidate there being shot dead, as you heard yesterday. And it's an untenable situation, Anna. What does this mean for for the freeness of, of this election?
4: Actually, that is a, 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 a pertinent question, and I think this is a question on the minds of many voters, Kathy, because um, we are seeing, in a, in a way, especially in a democratic society like ours, we are seeing that um, democracy in the truth is, 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 is literally being stripped away. Those who are democratically elected are being gunned down, trying to force, for instance, a re-election or a different process that will bring in a different candidate This is really worrying and it's a threat to democracy as a whole in South Africa. And it it, it brings out the question about the fairness, the freedom, for instance, and the the participation of South Africans um, in the election and in in, in deciding who will, um, for instance, um, lead them at a local government level. So the voice of the people, the choice of the people is being taken away. Uh, through this, what they call regularized way, for instance, of forcing uh, certain candidates into positions of power. So, this is really worrying. So, if we don't address this issue, then we are literally allowing it to make inroads, dangerous inroads, into our democracy, the gains we have made mm-hmm. so far in our democracy.
0: Let me go to Anonymous. You're calling us from Newcastle. Anonymous, good morning.
5: Good morning. Good morning, Kathy. Thank you for taking my call. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm I'm calling from uh, Newcastle. Um, I I, I think there's something that really, really seriously concerns uh, people, especially people in KZN, and uh, which I should think it it somehow sends a message to the whole country in terms of what is the direction moving forward, unless something different happens. Um, Really, this we this kind of political killings uh, within the ANC as the ruling party right now, it, 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 it's actually going to spill over over time. It's going to move from being within the ANC as soon as they shall have eliminated each other within the ANC as a, as a ruling party, then they will move out and eliminate any outside other political parties who are actually uh, contesting power with, with them. And that would eventually take the country into a full-scale uh, civil war or political instability. And it's really, really worrying And in that, as it happens now, it's actually criminalizing, it's criminalizing anyone mm. in this current state who, who actually votes for ANC. Because it means that for anyone who votes for ANC, it means that, in a way, he's actually giving more power to the criminality that is happening now within the ruling party, and to continue, okay. and unfortunately, as it continues, it will go further than what it is now, and it's very worrying. And also to see that the ANC, as as an organisation, seems not to have power to control this, mm-hmm. and, and and I'm I'm reminded of what uh, former President uh, Mandela uh, uh, actually said that uh, uh, if if we are not careful. The ANC is actually the, the, what's happening. The ANC might take the country down with it, and and it's, it's really really worrying and it's very much disturbing because once people start to kill each other, it means that the, the, the whole principles of democracy get compromised in the process.
6: Right. And once
5: the democratic principles that 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 establish our political system in the country are challenged, because challenging them starts from within parties. And it, it goes out to, to other parties eventually to the rest of the country, so this is this is not very good actually for for a country such as ours. All right, anonymous. And, uh, very young.
0: All right, let's leave it there for this morning. Anonymous, out in Newcastle, uh, in Kimberley, Moloki. Good morning.
6: Uh, how are you, ma'am?
0: I'm well, thank you.
6: Excellent. Uh, can I just make two comments on two issues?
0: If you can keep uh, it brief for me, yes. Yeah.
6: Yeah, I'll try to be very brief. The first one is on your, your, your guest there, the lady, the lady professor there on democracy. I, I believe that the South African electorate, they will forgive me if they feel I'm being disrespectful. But I feel that we don't understand how a democracy functions in this country. Because we are not doing the right thing in terms of democracy. We don't keep any oversight on these leaders once we have voted them into power. We only check them after five years during those five years when we are unhappy Mm -hmm. we burn libraries we block roads and then three months after that there's another by election and we vote the same people into power Mm -hmm. we don't understand a democracy says if people make a balls up take them out and put in other people and keep oversight on them that is the first issue the second issue is this one of political killings the caller there from kz and Uh, KZN mentioned something that that is causing a lot of fear in my heart. Because I ask myself this question. Are these political killings only happening in the ANC? And is that because the ANC is in power? Have we done a research to find out if there are other political killings in other parties, in the main opposition, in the DA, in the EFF? Now, going back to the speaker from KZN, if there is a spillover of this violence, into other into other political parties if let's say our people finally understand what democracy is and they vote the anc out of power this this new opposition will they be targeted also by these murderers by these killers mm. to get them off the radar okay. that is the only fear that i have here mm. but i feel in the anc the leadership is not doing enough to quell this this uh, you know this murdering this killing of people, because maybe they also have benefits in that, and which it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't bode well for our for our, for our democracy in this country. Muluki, thank
0: you. thank you so much. Thank you so much for calling in for sharing uh, those thoughts. There, I'll give our guests an opportunity to respond in a bit. Muzi, you're calling us from KwaNyaMazani. Good morning.
7: Good morning, Katie Good morning to your guest. as well. my mine is very briefly. I won't just take your time. Mean, I will say, uh, for the past 27 years, we've been seeing the problem multiplying, like a disease which is not curable. But in South Africa, we have uh, an answer to all those things: political killings, maladministration. It's only done by one party that is in government for 27 years. And the people then go on the 5th of November putting the very same tax in government to do the very same thing that they are used to do. Why are we allowing tax to ruin ourselves? Thank you, Kate.
0: All right, Muzi, thanks for that call. So I'll give uh, the guests an opportunity to respond just also to the comments raised by our callers. And I must just warn you, we're edging towards news, so I have a minute each for each of you to uh, to try and give a response. Professor Dahas, let me kick it off with you.
3: Yes, I want to say, yes, I agree with your callers and the problems with the ANC leadership. There's a political, I want to mention one thing very important. There was a leaked intelligence report that some of the killings are being instigated by apartheid agents, security police. It was given allegedly to the Minister of Police who did nothing about it. The Commissioner of Police doesn't have it. Now, so this is the task team into political killings headed by the same minister who's a senior ANC politician engaged in
0: overseeing investigations in which his own colleagues are suspects. So there you have it. And and when was this investigation done, Professor De Huss? The the report was apparently it was
3: it was published in the media, uh, both the city press and the newspapers. a couple of months back. A leaked intelligence report by crime intelligence, which was handed to the head then, who was General Jacobs
0: yes it's i remember the story we are talking about now the task and nothing was done
3: yeah
0: yeah and that's part of the problem yeah it's the core of the problem mm. professor defo
5: yes ma'am for me people must take their destiny into their own hands i'm heartened by the comments from the callers and the passion with which they express their views the fact that we are today having more independent candidates it gives me more hope that my people are beginning to question and are beginning to appreciate that their destiny is in their own hands. If things were to change, they must be the agents of change. They must be the change they want to experience. So given that, wherever they are, in any small way possible, try to influence the process of amending the electoral act. So that in your own village, in your own community, you can look at X and say, you are better qualified to represent us. Stop what you are doing. We promise you our vote, and then we think we can better be served. Politicians are politicians. Lastly, there are about 6 million white people in South Africa with two political parties, the DA and the Freedom Front Plus. Africans they have over 500 political parties go home and think about it thank okay
0: you. all right professor Tefo, thanks for that Anna let me give you the last word here
3: thank you kathy
4: uh, I would like to end with this with this to say that uh, we need to adopt a proactive approach uh, to dealing with political killing and violence in South Africa we have seen the to incidents that come up. We have enough evidence of these occurrences. We have um, enough to start formulating an approach to addressing these issues beyond just commissions of inquiry that have set up when something has shocked us as a nation and we want to find out why. It's really time for us to start looking at some of the root causes and addressing the endemic uh, violence that is so pervasive Um, in South Africa. We really need to start from that angle if we are really to root out the problem of political killings in South Africa.
0: All right, let me thank all of my guests for being part of this conversation today. And it's certainly going to be one of the issues that continue to raise alarm and continue to be an issue of concern, especially leading up to the 1st of November. So there are a couple of your messages that you've been sending through on uh, the WhatsApp line and also uh, sending, uh, writing them on social media. I'll read some of your thoughts and your contributions to this conversation. For now, it's 11 o'clock. Luanda has your latest news.